ready for WrestleMania. Welcome back. Here we are again. I am, of course, your host as always, DJ Tricky Kid, Roy Turner, my man Chris McDonald here is joining us. We're going to give away a pair of tickets to TSW Wrestling, making its return April the 15th, just up the road from us here in Addison, Texas. I'll be calling the action live ring set. Okay. Now, Chris McDonald, I want to tell you right now, one of my favorite probably moments of the weekend is the excitement of entering the stadium and seeing it for the first time. I think about going up to the press box and getting all checked in. But when I came down to your seats, yeah, with you and your brother, when I sat down and they began the pomp and circumstance of Becky G singing the national anthem, there was just something so palpable and special. I remember just, just shouting uh, and abiding into the air going, Happy WrestleMania, everybody. Best wrestling show there is because everybody's on vacation. That's a big deal. And people and a lot of those fans, they've been watching it since they were kids or even if they were new fans, they all know that WrestleMania is a big deal. And so like being in the crowd, uh, surrounded by other fans, you know, everyone's there for the same reason. Um, people are traveling from literally all over the world. Right. Uh, yeah, you're right. It's exciting. It's really exciting. I'm sitting in the chair that you and I <laughs> sat in together. Yeah. We didn't sit in the same seat together, but you don't sit next to yeah. each other uh, for, for WrestleMania last year. Talk to me about your memories of walking into that stadium, seeing one of the greatest things about WrestleMania is you, you get to see the setup for the first time, because you don't know. It's always like the big you know, reveal. Seeing SoFi for the first time, seeing yeah. that setup for the first time. Mm -hmm. SoFi Stadium is unlike any stadium I've seen before, because it seems uh, on the outside really small. But you learn that it's built underground, or like a massive portion of it is built underground um it, it looks like a spaceship a very very impressive stadium it's hard to uh it's hard to really put into words it really is isn't it yeah but there's you know windows everywhere the lighting was amazing you know natural sunlight um the just being underground was just uh, i've never seen anything like this place in my life it looked like it looked like utopia, you know what I mean? Like you have all this running water out front for this beautiful mm -hmm. lake. And like you said, when you get there, it's so oddly shaped that you're not even really sure what you're looking at. <laughs> Seeing the uh, WrestleMania stage setup was, it's also great. You yeah. know, you know you're, it's a big deal. Yeah. And, it, and you love that WWE takes WrestleMania so seriously. They're gonna put the money where their mouth is. That's right, that's right. And make it that everyone's taking photos of it. And if, again, it just feels like it's a big deal. They're trying to recreate the same setup to look like, I guess, like the Oscars. Yeah. With the steps and all that Hollywood. Yeah. But nothing would have prepared you for how majestic it was. Yeah. The movie posters were awesome that they'd cycle through in between matches showing all the uh, wrestlers. Smart. And then they'd, during the match, it'd just be the, you know, whoever the wrestlers were in the ring. Um, yeah, it was great. Um, and it... Came across awesome on TV as well. Alexa Bliss. I thought, not just because she's my favorite, I thought she had the best poster. They were all great. They keep the theme of the movie thing. They made all these like fake movies for these wrestlers. Yeah, but some of them were homages, and hers was obviously instant recognizable as being Pretty Woman. Let's talk about some of the actual matches here. We kicked off, of course, with Austin Theory versus John Cena. They had the Make-A-Wish kids come out with Cena. I love that. Love yeah. seeing that stuff. It was yeah. great. Um, and uh, you know it. I I don't. I think I was just it's such a buzz. The first match of WrestleMania is always an important match. The pace, absolutely. 
And John Cena will to do a job. Does he? There was like some little shenanigans, but still. But you, you know, want to Cena also, took the finisher. You want to kick it off a big, big star. Austin Theory versus anybody else probably wouldn't have kicked off WrestleMania. I right. think him facing John Cena—that's what you want. When I went to Mattel, I was getting out of my car, and I realized, like, oh my god, I'm wearing a Hasbro, <laughs> and I quickly put on my Philadelphia Phillies hat. Right? Yeah. Okay. Only for WrestleMania to kick off with John Cena coming out basically yeah. as G.I. Joe. Yeah, they had the whole brand. I think it was like, you can't see me, but it's a G.I. Joe But it font. was in the uh, Real American Hero thing. Yeah. And then here's something where it gets even nerdier. I'm not really a John Cena guy. I was actually going to try to find one for my little boy. I can't really show wrestling to Miles, but what, what has gotten Miles into wrestling is Scooby-Doo. There's a movie called WWE Scooby-Doo WrestleMania Mystery. Uh-huh. And it's about nine years old, so it's got some people that aren't with WWE anymore, like, like my favorite A.J. Lee, Brodus Clay. John Cena's the star of the show. And now my little boy loves John Cena, and he loves G.I. Joe because of his dad. Uh-huh. So I was going to try to get him a shirt. But I wanted the shirt because on the back it had what they call a fireburst. John Cena's shirt is a file card. It was a great looking shirt. His next, of course, was a men's WrestleMania showcase, the Fatal 4-Way Tag Team Match with the Street Profits, Angela Dawkins, Montez Ford, Braun Strowman, Ricochet. The Alpha Academy, Chad Gable, and Otis. And of course, and I love the Viking Raiders, man. Oh, yeah, that's you know, the boys. Uh, it went for eight minutes, eight and a half minutes. I thought it was fun. It was cool. Yeah. Did it feel like a WrestleMania match to you? Or did it feel like like, a, like yeah. this, this could have headlined Raw? It was a fun one. They did some really big spots. Like, I think they did like kind of like a Tower of Power. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Spot yeah. when they're all doing yeah. Big Doom. They did a... You know, Chad Gable did a rolling suplex on Braun Strowman. Yeah, I, I, remember, um, I remember that too. So okay. it was a really fun match. It was um, a fun match. Those matches are fast, always those fun with all the Yeah, fast paced. Fast paced, high energy. Yeah, maybe on Raw, but it, to me, you know, it, it felt like it belonged in the card. Okay. And, and the match itself delivered. And it had moments where, you know, it pops the crowd, you're like, holy shit, that was awesome. And certain people also, I feel like the, the whole point of, of a match at WrestleMania is for you to leave bigger and better and and just you expanded your brand and storyline yeah. from it. Did it benefit you? How did it benefit you? Right. And I don't know like how much that match benefited them other than just, it, it did more than maintaining the status quo for sure because the matches are always so fun, you know? Yeah, it seemed like it was more for the crowd. The street profits that they want, right? Okay. Next up, now this is where this is the definition, the definition of bathroom break for me. Okay, yeah, what is it? I can I like legitimately cannot stand Seth Rollins. <laughs> yes. Okay, Seth Rollins and okay. somebody even worse than him. And in in if you could believe it, somebody that's even more unlikable than him, that fuckhead Logan Paul. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, I but I will say this though. Logan Paul's very shades of, of Shawn Michaels. It's probably what he was trying That's to right, do. He, yeah. probably grew, he probably grew up. Uh-huh. And I remember looking over you going, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Him coming in like that and having some pretty silly moments where I'm so old. I, like the guy that was in the in the, 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 the prime bottle, oh, yeah. which, I, which I didn't know was also Logan Paul's branded energy drink. Okay. So... I don't know who Logan Paul is, other than he just sounds like what he's like one of those YouTubers that made millions, yeah. and I don't think any YouTuber deserves millions. I just don't. Like you know what I mean? Like, and even though I'm basically doing what they're doing right here, his beard's a little too sculpted for me, uh-huh. right? Not sure he's taking the wrestling. 
And, and, you know, and it's Triple unbelievable. H, it really is. And Triple H said he's been putting he, on a great match. He is a douchebag. Maybe his brand is douchebag. The young people love him. We haven't seen the last of him. He's a great worker. Like, I just, can't stand the gimmick. And there was a headline today, because of course, because you know, Seth is married legitimately to Becky Lynch, yeah. who like got involved in it and was because apparently like WWE was I guess taking Cody's side because Cody's I guess the bigger star of it right now and apparently Becky got in the middle of it. Speaking of Becky, for me it's this match here. Stratus, Lita, Becky Lynch versus Damage Control, Bailey, Dakota Kai, and EO Shirai or Connor EO Sky now one of my all-time favorites. This match went 15 minutes almost twice as long as the men's showcase mm -hmm. Trish and Lita being Hall of Famers. I love those two so much. It was a fun match. It's great having WrestleMania with Trish and Lita. I love how they found a way to do it. Lita was my absolute favorite and I also love Trish. So in one weekend we've got Stacy Keebler, Trish, yeah, yeah. and but Lita is not just walking out and waving. Lita is one half of the tag team champions with Becky Lynch. Mm -hmm. And, it, and she looked fantastic. She was forced to retire when she was 28 years old. Think about this. She was still in her 20s, in her prime. Yeah. What were your thoughts about Lita in, in this match? I thought it was slow motion watching her. I thought it was the weakest part of the match. Was Lita. If you were ever going to rank the six females that are wrestling, Lita was the worst one. You'd have to think that out of those six, that yeah. it's either going to be her or Trish because they're the oldest. Right. And Trish, she could still go. There's a reason why they're doing a program with Becky and Trish and not Becky and Lita. I'd be surprised if we see her in a ring again. The powers that be share your opinion. I did think Trish looked better. But you also have to think about who they're in the ring with. Becky Lynch, probably the best wrestler in the world right now. The criminally underused Io Shirai. I love yeah. her so much. And I think Dakota Kai is great. I still right. really enjoyed this match. Rey Mysterio versus Dominic. Of course, this went almost 15 minutes. Yeah. The build-up to this, I thought, was absolutely fantastic. What a massive year for Rey Mysterio. Being on the cover of WWE 2K23, mm -hmm. being inducted into the Hall of Fame, having to fight and having to, the night before and now having to fight his son. really think at the end of the day that Dominic didn't want to be in the ring celebrating his father's life and career with <laughs> right. his mom and yeah. I mean that, that's some hard knock shit right yeah, there. Yeah it is yeah I didn't even think about that but yeah Dom the build-up was amazing even like the night before just like how subtle it was with uh, Dom and Rhea standing up and leaving yeah uh, before Ray started the speech you know everything about it was great um, the entrances are amazing. I thought it was good. I thought it had a, a very personal touch to it. Next up, Rhea Ripley. When, any, when, when even if there was a, a mention of her, even at SmackDown, when she came on the screen, not even live, it was like this. You would thought it was like Hulk Hogan in the eighties. She yeah. is over. Yeah, you would say over like Rover. Yeah, yeah, yeah over like Rover. Uh -huh. Exactly. You know, I got that from Scott Hall, by the way. You know, <laughs> awesome. rest in peace to but, him. But, uh, well deserved because she's amazing. You know, like, I mean, WWE has an abundance of riches of uh, female talents, and Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair are like, you know, obviously two of the best. I thought this was one of Charlotte's best matches that she's had in her career. Um, you know, I thought it was one of Rhea Ripley's best matches. It was hard hitting. It was brutal. 
Um, but the uh, right person won, and the crowd went bananas when Rhea won. To me, I really think that this was the WrestleMania moment. Fucking like main event. Yeah. Rhea Ripley is getting uh, probably some of the biggest babyface reactions aside from Cody, and she's paired with Dom, who's getting, I mean, maybe by far the biggest heel reactions. Yeah. And so, like, the two of them are together. It's a pretty interesting dynamic. I'm really curious what's going to happen with the two of them moving forward. They're awesome together. There was a little kind of fun little... Uh, they had some fun there uh, with Pat McAfee and, of course, The Miz, who was the host, along with Snoop Dogg. Do you like Pat McAfee? Do you like his involvement in WWE? Uh, I don't like him, but I like him in WWE. He seems like a, he's a character. He's kind of larger than life. He's a fun announcer. You know, he gets uh, people excited, hyped up. But, you know, I wouldn't say that I'm a fan of his. Okay. But I have no problem with him popping in and, you know, doing little matches here and there. Okay. What do you think of his commentary? I think it's stupid. But at the same time, it's great. It's it's uh, it's uh, it's exciting. I think it elevates, uh, you know, the matches and what's going on screen. Um, you know, I don't think he commentates anymore. I think he only does it every now and then. Uh, but I think it's perfect for wrestling. Okay. Okay. Now, listen. I'm not the football fan that you are. I know he has a football background. I know he does things outside of the WWE. Those things you're not a fan of. Explain to me why that is. Uh, I just don't really like the whole sports commentary, bro culture, you know, YouTubers, podcasters. I'm just not, I'm just not a big fan of any of it, really. And, uh, you know, I know Pat McAfee is one of the biggest ones. Um, you know, I listened a couple episodes, you know, it's just not for me. I think it's just for, you know, younger, you know, high school boys. But it is very, it, it is very broy, like you mentioned. I think I think so. So, yeah. how would you say? I mean, like, are you a fan of my podcast or? Of course. <laughs> how would you say McAfee's commentary? compares to mine in TSW. <laughs> you are much more knowledgeable and a and little bit more of a little bit a little bit more of a shyster. And funnier. <laughs> yeah, right. Okay. So they had a little fun there. You know, Pat McAfee comes in and you know the Miz is like this like punching bag uh on both nights to different levels of 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 success there chris mcdonald is the world's biggest sammy Zayn fan the main event that night everybody wanted them to win talk to me about this match put me in your seat at wrestlemania 39 during this match it felt uh electric you know everybody was Really, really into the match. I want to say it's the first WrestleMania tag team main event since WrestleMania 1. For our younger fans, the very first one was Hulk Hogan and Mr. T, the beginning of the whole celebrity connection, with Jimmy Snuka in their corner versus Paul Orndorff 
and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff and my main guy ever, Rowdy Roddy Piper, with Randy Orton's dad in his corner, Cowboy Bob Orton. So, yeah, I don't think there's been a tag team main event since then. Is that right? I don't think so either. The story was great. You know, this is almost a year-long build. Uh, you know, I it, it was a great story, and it's very rare that you see uh, storylines last so long. Right. Uh, I mean, really, really rare. Um, I mean, I, and so, and... You know, if you think about a year ago where Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens were, uh, you know, they're both they're both heels. Uh, Sami Zayn was in a comedy gimmick match at the last WrestleMania with Johnny Knoxville. Right, uh, right. Kevin Owens was main events, but it was kind of an impromptu main event. Uh, last year's WrestleMania was Stone Cold Steve Austin. Right. Uh, and honestly, Which... I remember when the whole thing first started with Sami Zayn trying to be in the bloodline trying to be buddy buddy with roman it just felt like it'd be you know kind of filler until SummerSlam. uh you know they're testing the waters trying to give them something to do it didn't seem like it was going to be a storyline that lasts an entire year but you got to give credit to everybody involved i mean sammy with uh saying i'm feeling so oozy you know the honorary ooze I mean, I mean, he he put it del- over. He delivered so majestically because if you put somebody in the situation, you've given them the canvas, but they've got to paint that fucking picture, man. You know, and he delivered so majestically. Nobody told him to say feeling oozy and honorary ooze and all those things. That's all him. And I don't know, you know, who else would you put in that position that would have delivered so perfectly? It's very illuminating when you see the contrast from last year till now, right? Okay. Um, but but talk. But, but here's what's interesting to me though, too, though about about the build you mentioned. Okay. So think about this: Austin Theory and John Cena, who kicked off the show, went eleven minutes. This match went twenty. Four minutes. It was twice as long as the John Cena match. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was the longest match of the night, but only by 45 seconds because a lot of people don't haven't talked about this. The Rhea Ripley Charlotte Flair match went 23 and a half minutes. Did it meet your expectations? Did the right team win? Did it go too long? You've got four total pros, they're all great. In the ring, they know how to tell a story. They're fun to watch. Uh, I had high expectations, and it was as good as I was expecting. Michael Cole's commentary is just, oh, God, it's some of the best he's ever done. Uh, Sami Zayn's uh, facial expressions, you know, when he's delivering those huluva kicks at the very end, like right before that third one, when he just takes a moment and deep breath and then has a little yeah. shot while he's running full speed to knock out Jey Uso. I mean, well, why do they, why, why don't they just say hell of a kick? Why do they say Haluva? It drives me crazy. I don't know, but I love it. It's like, it's punk rock. You know, it, tur- it turns it on its head, uh, twists it up. <laughs> you're like, you're like, ah, wow. It's a, it's a little, it's a little clever. Um, yeah. I think it's, I think Haluva kick. 
It's a hell of a kick, but halluva kick. Halluva. Very very Canadian. And, 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 and in a very irritating way. Let's move over to night two. Warrior Dave is going to be joining us. I was in town after WrestleMania to do some work at, at a club Dave works at. And he helped me produce the whole segment and just a super cool guy. Warrior Dave, what are your thoughts about WrestleMania's night two? The opening match of WrestleMania it always sets the pace. You want to have to have a big star there. What were your thoughts, Dave, about them starting the show with Brock Lesnar versus Omos? What did you think of, of the place of it on the card? And what did you think of the match? For night two, right? Um, you know, I kind of like, I had a feeling that they were going to have that match first, just because there wasn't too much of a buildup for that match you know, going into it. So they had, what, like a two, three-week build at best, maybe? Yeah. So, like, um, I figured they were going to – it seemed to me that, like, that match was only happening at WrestleMania for the sake of having a WrestleMania moment. That was my take on that match. Yeah. So, you know, just because, like, if you notice, like, when Brock was uh, putting Almas on that – in the F5, like, you can tell, like, he was, like, kind of a, had a bit of a strain there, like, trying to lift the guy up, because the dude's, oh, my God, like. <laughs> <laughs> and, you John, and you saw that, you saw that the next night, and, um, and you know, it was so funny, too, if you guys haven't seen it, and I, I'll tell people that are watching right now, is it, tune into our YouTube channel uh, next Wednesday, my team and I are dropping this big video about our trip to tell that left me that sent me home with a giant gift bag. We're going to be unboxing all of these. I don't. I open my shit. I'm not one of those. Oh, I'll keep it. I, I'm. It, I'm going to give half these to my my children. But anyway. But in while we were at Mattel, Omas made a surprise visit, and he happened to be standing right behind me. So I just happened to you know, be in a perfect position to turn around, and he really amplifies or Ill, or illuminates just how big that dude is, man. You know. I heard he's actually super nice too. Like that was the thing. Here's what I tweeted out about that on that day: is that uh, I was sending some pictures to, to certain people uh, about it, and I said, you know what's so funny? He can do broad comedy. He's not like uh, what was the giant Indian guy? What remember him? The great Kali. The great Kali. Right. Or even Giant Gonzalez. He was not that at all. He was super funny and clever and intelligent. And, and, and not that they should be surprises uh, to us. About, but I'm just saying, though, that in the past, normally when you get this big kind of Neanderthal kind of guy, there's they a certain intimidating. Well, yeah, but there's a certain personality that unfortunately is a reason why that stereotype exists, right? You know what I mean? And yeah. this was anything but that. He was so kind and awesome. He was just funny and funny and quick and, you know, and you're not expecting that guy to be this, like, super witty guy, you know? I heard um, Braun Strowman's even the same way, too. Yeah, I've never met him. But I, I've heard I've heard some, some things of, uh, in him that way too. Alexa has talked about that on her, on her podcast. Uh, next match uh, for a lot of so, so we had the showcase on night one. Night for the men. Night two was Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler 
two legitimate badasses from the UFC against Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez versus Natalia and Shotzi Blackheart and then Chelsea Green and Sonia Deville. Uh, my favorite thing about WWE, especially right now, is the women's division. Um, it's it's the thing I'm most invested in. I feel like they're the ones that are doing it the, the biggest and the brightest and the best for me. Okay. Um, you know, we can talk all day long about how Ronda Rousey's WWE foray hasn't probably gone quite how the powers that be had hoped for. So we're going to that's been talked to death. What I'd like to know, and, and, and also from, from John here as well, is that I think that it was smart to do it this way, to pair her with somebody that, that is actually proven to be more legitimate in, the, in a wrestling ring. Also, one of her best friends being Shayna Baszler. Uh, I thought Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez looked absolutely fantastic. And, you know, we're preempting here because we now know what the story is now because the storyline keeps going. And if you watched Raw last week uh, on Monday, we know that now Liv and, and, and Raquel are now our, your tag team champions. But I really felt like that in this match, this set them up for that. Can you speak to that about that match and who you thought came out looking the strongest? Um, I thought they all had a, a good showing in their own way. Um, I, th I think um, I thought it was a good idea. I, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I thought all the teams in that match was kind of random, but um, I think the the um, there was definitely some standouts with um um it, I don't know I don't know what it is but it does seem like Liv and Raquel have good chemistry when they yeah. when they when they tag team together I, I think out of out of um I mean not counting uh, Ronda and Shayna because they're I mean that's the perfect team right there yeah. um but of out of all those other teams they're um those two out of the random ones are like the ones I feel like they pair up well the most. I, I, I think I think random is fair. Uh John uh, John, you know who Ronda Rousey is without he's she's like oh, absolutely she's like one of those uh you know performers where you you could never have ever watched a basketball game you know who LeBron James is or Michael Jordan. Same goes for Rousey. Uh so I, so remember when she appeared on Monday Night Raw the next night, that was probably one of the only recognizable names for you besides another UFC fighter that transcends <laughs> being Brock Lesnar. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so were you surprised to see Ronda Rousey? Because uh, you, you had no knowledge that she was part of the WWE. Is that right? Oh, I, I knew. I, so, yeah, I... I, I... I knew in the back of my head because I'd seen stuff about her on WWE, but yeah, I was surprised. I was surprised. Uh, and, and, you know, Dave brings up a, a, an interesting point because I feel like that Rhonda and, and Shayna, that makes sense. Obviously the Liv and Raquel kind of the day, the, 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 what's the Davy and Goliath uh, thing. 
But the Natalia and Shotzi, that does feel random. And then I guess they're trying to find a way for Chelsea Green and the whole deal with Tony. And I like, I do like Chelsea's storyline right now, but uh, the match went eight and a half minutes. Uh, it was not the barn burning, unforgettable WrestleMania moment that, uh, that I would have hoped it have been. Uh, the third match we already covered actually earlier with Chris, with, with, with Gunter uh, just coming out looking like a million bucks out of that match and that triple threat is remaining with the uh, Intercontinental Championship. I love everything that the Imperium is, is doing. Uh, next after that, of course, was Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Uh, and this was, of course, was for the WWE Raw Women's Championship. Bianca Belair versus Asuka. Uh, you know, I really loved Asuka's excitement two nights before at the Hall of Fame during Muda's uh, Hall of Fame induction. She was just very animated and excited. So I thought, okay, she's now doing the green mist thing that he pioneered. I love both of them. I think Asuka's incredible. I think Bianca's incredible. But the two of them don't seem to mesh well. I think the issue is I didn't get the story. It was just a title match. When you don't have all of that behind it, it's hard to be as invested. And poor Asuka's just puts her down to 0-5 in WrestleMania match. Yes. It's the new streak. <laughs> the reverse streak for Asuka. Bianca, that's three in a row. This really could be the new WrestleMania streak, right? Yeah, three title matches. How about yeah. that? Yeah, First three right. WrestleMania, all three title matches that you win. Here's where everything went off the rails pretty much for the rest of the night. Last time, we're talking about Shane McMahon. He was essentially kicked out of the Royal Rumble in San Antonio last year and pretty much told not to come back. So that was a surprise unto itself. Yeah. I was surprised by the pop that he got. I'm always surprised by the pop that he gets because he just looks like a fat suburban dad that just doesn't have a whole lot of anything going for him. He's the epitome of that nepotism. And that, I mean, that, that should be his, like he should put on a mask and come out as a character called fat nepotism. Well, I mean, one, he's a McMahon. So there's that. And he's got a great theme. It gets people out of their seats. You know, I wasn't looking forward to seeing him again. Definitely not interested in seeing him in the ring. It just always drives me crazy how they would present him as like an equal to the wrestlers. Yeah. When he's fat nepotism. WrestleMania (laughs) was hosted by The Miz and Snoop Dogg, right? Snoop Dogg's a lifelong, you know, wrestling fan. He's from, you know, Los Angeles, the, you know, area. So it made sense for him to have that presence. So what ends up happening is, is it kind of has a bit of a, of a breather, a little bit between all the big matches, because what was coming up next was kind of uh, a, a big, big, like main event. It was going to be the, it's going to be Edge versus Finn Balor, and they were going to do this thing called Hell in a Cell. And John, we've done Hell in a Cell a few times in the <laughs> WWE game, right? <laughs> These motherfuckers were about to do that shit for real, okay? All right. And so they needed to kind of let the crowd catch their breath before we we're going to, you know, get into this. 
So they were going to do a comedy bit. So Snoop and The Miz are doing a comedy bit. And then the big surprise is what WrestleMania is about, right? They bring out, here comes Shane McMahon. And we haven't seen Shane McMahon in over a year. Uh, and I'll and I won't go into why he he ended up doing some pulling some shit at the last year's Royal Rumble that that, that was the last time we saw him on television. Right. Okay. So here he comes and he got a great reception. The crowd went crazy, and he gets in the ring and he's supposed to fight. I guess the, you know he's supposed to shut the Miz up, you know, and all this, and he goes down like a sack of potatoes, legitimately. Right, like no, no storyline, nothing. It was not planned, and so it's one of those weird moments where you know you're suspending your disbelief by what you're watching. So it'd be like watching a play and seeing one of the actors in the play legitimately get hurt, and you know he's hurt. Like mm -hmm. what? Do, what do you do with this information? What do you do with it? Do you, you know, do you? Does he just? crawl away like what do you do and something pretty spectacular happened and this is a testament to snoop dogg as a consummate professional and performer and third his knowledge of professional wrestling because suddenly we were in that moment where we've gone off script what do we do <laughs> what are we going to do and dave i want you to tell it tell us what he did I'm not gonna lie, it was pretty cringy, but it was pretty cool to see him improvise and be a professional to do his version of the people's elbow. <laughs> now, John, do you know that's a rock's finishing move? Keep in mind that he pulls it off because I saw Shane go down, and I was thinking this doesn't look good at all. But when Snoop did that. I suddenly forgot about it and thought it was all part of the show. He did. Yeah, that's, that's that's what I thought too at first. Like when I first watched when we first watched it live, that was my initial reaction. And then when I looked back at like reading, I think I was like, I randomly saw an article about it, and I was just like, "What? This was not planned. That's crazy." Yeah, he gets in to do the punching bag spot with with the Miz, and he goes down like a sack of potatoes. Similar to when we saw Triple H do the same thing years ago. And when we saw his dad do it at, wasn't a Royal Rumble, when Vince's quads both blew at the same time and he was like sitting down. It was one of the wackiest, weirdest moments. And it lightning has struck a third time because it happened to Shane at WrestleMania. Everyone knew something very wrong happened, uh, but you couldn't really tell how serious it was or exactly what it was. Um, but everyone was like worried. He looks so terrible. <laughs> he's in the ring. He's sweating and huffing and puffing. Like I thought that maybe he had a heart attack. Or I something. know that's what I thought too. Yeah. Um, it just it just looked bad. You know we you know we're in the audience. We're not uh, not seeing on TV or anything like that. Um, but then you know, when Snoop Dogg came in, you know, the whole crowd, the crowd's looking to get excited and cheer for something. And, uh, yeah, like what you said, when you got pros in the ring, um, you know, they know how to make it seamless. And <laughs> Snoop Dogg, unbelievable. 
I mean, <laughs> just to uh, save the day. Yeah, it was great. And what was so great about it, he probably had pitched the idea to them for years. When do I get to do the people's elbow? And he've always probably shot it down. And he was like, hey, they need a spot. Yeah, I'm going to get mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He'd, been to, he'd been wanting to deliver that people's elbow for a minute. That wasn't that this wasn't just on the spot. He had that back here somewhere. And I thought that was pretty cool. Um, and then the injuries did not end there. The very next match was Edge versus Finn Balor. Next match now with Hell in the Cell. We have another legitimate injury, unfortunately. But, you know, as Triple H said in the press conference, he was like, well, this is what happens when you're throwing furniture at people that, that shouldn't be, you know, done. Yeah, that. <laughs> so here was actually, since I didn't get to ask my question, I told everybody, everybody's been asking me on Twitter and all the people that are watching right now on Twitch and on Discord and everything else, they were like, well, what question were you going to ask Triple H? This was the question I didn't get to ask him. He and I have had many conversations over the years about metal. Obviously, he's a big metal fan. He's why, you know, he is why Lemmy from Motorhead had a presence on. Are you in the office right now, Dave? I, rec yeah. I recognize that ring. <laughs> Remember? <laughs> While we were shooting, it was Dave's job to turn off the phone so he wouldn't do it. And he did a great job. It only rang one time, thankfully, but that I imagine that phone rings a lot. So anyway, yeah. uh, so obviously, Dave, you're a big metal guy. I'm a big metal guy. And John, one thing that you should know is what happened is, is that uh, the is Edge comes out and he's a, a pretty known metal guy, too. But uh, he normally comes out to this song by what's the guys from Creed? They had a band after Creed. What's it called? Alter Bridge. Alter Bridge. Okay. The song is fucking terrible. All right. It's it, about <laughs> Creed. the song is god awful. What and, Metalingus? Really? What, what, what that song for that song for Alter Bridge? I did honest stage. I see clearly. But, but, even that song is awful. I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I, I'm not a snob. I mean, if people like it, they like it, and I and I want them to like it, and it's perfect for what he does. But I'm just, I'll just saying, say each their own on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you. But, but so here's what was pretty cool: is that since it was WrestleMania, and it's all about doing something different and something special, and if you got the money to license it, is that you have to go back and watch it. He comes up through the freaking ramp. And it's hell in a cell, and he comes out to Slayers South of Heaven. Yep. And if you're a, a massive Slayer fan like I am, and Dave, I know you are, and you're getting to hear, you're seeing fire, and you're hearing South of Heaven that loud in a stadium, and bro, it was, it just rocked. So my question for Triple H was, being a known metal guy and, and everything else, I wanted to know how much of that was his influence versus Edge's. Like, like, like how, how much did he have? How, you know, like, whose idea was this? Because think about it too. Damien Priest, who was part of uh, the Judgment Day, Finn Balor, who Edge is facing, is a member 
of Judgment Day, Damien Priest's finishing maneuver is called South of Heaven. So I felt like that was probably a bit of, a, of an oversight by somebody, right? I almost so I, forgot about it, to be honest. So I'm, so I'm thinking, since Edge is not a full-timer, that he had the idea and just said, how about this? And I was, was kind of just curious as like, I'm wondering how that came about. And I, I didn't get to ask the question. So, so we will put that out into the universe. Uh, the, the match went 18 minutes, it was but almost half of that time, it got stopped legitimately because Edge picked up some stairs and threw it at Finn Balor and literally split his head oh, all geez. the way open. Where they yeah, like right here. It's like a gash. He posted it on his on Instagram and Twitter, I think. It so. was gnarly, dude. It was so gnarly. And they, they got into the ring and literally are stapling his head. And the son of a bitch finishes the fucking match. You notice, too, during the match that, like, Edge kind of, like, during that time, he was, like, you know, while they're stalling for time, he's kind of improvising, looking around the ring as, oh, they're, doing, yeah. as they're doing their thing with Balor. You ever, yeah. you ever notice that? I did see that. I was just hoping that Snoop Dogg was going to come back out and do another people's elbow. And poor Finn Balor. I've seen some of the uh, aftermath photos, and it's just... It's just been awful. Yeah, big ouchie. Uh, I, you know, the match definitely suffered because yes. of it. Um, the match basically ended there. I mean, I mean, they they got in the ring and they put the staples on him and shit and blessing for finishing the match. Roman Cody, I thought it was one of the most shocking endings I've ever seen. This is the match you want to talk about right here. Tons of love for Roman Reigns. Tons of love for Cody. Cody had the louder reaction. Yeah, yeah. People loved Cody. You know, there were tons of Cody shirts. But do you... Cody lost. People were shocked and pissed. Dave, in your opinion, was it the right call? Um, I mean, like, at first, I'm not going to lie. At first, I was like, I was thinking in my head, Cody. Like Cody's gonna win, but for whatever reason, I had a feeling that they were gonna do like a swerve on us and have Roman win. But I didn't honestly think that they were actually gonna pull the swerve and make wow. it unexpected. Because honestly, I think like there, I can see both sides to it. Like look in hindsight, like because like here's with Cody, like like what like what Triple H said Triple H said in a press conference that he needs to finish the story that the story is not finished so it's like they they are it's like at first i was like wondering how they're going to go about it until i noticed until then i noticed the um the raw after mania and you know having him going like it's like they're they were going in the direction of like Cody and Brock going one-on-one and that I can kind of get behind just because like um, it's like he still has to climb the ladder so to speak right kind of like it's it's I took it as a way of how they were treating um how they were treating Dusty like yeah. with you know it's like they were kind of like it 
sort of like a homage, I thought, to like his story and how like he never won the title, but he had to kind of like go through certain people in order to get to that high level. I thought he was going to win. Are we tired of seeing Roman as champion? It just seemed like the perfect time. So like you, I was absolutely shocked. If you watch the press conference, how much more of this can you... And he looked over at Paul Heyman and he said, he goes, what did you say earlier? He said, dude, if this is baseball, we're only in the third inning. So they've got a lot going on, more to tell. And he's even saying how next year he wants to be the first person to headline both nights of WrestleMania. What, I mean, because what else is there to accomplish, right? But I wanted to ask you this, and this will be where we will end WrestleMania night two for now, is do you see Cody as a big star or not? Me? Yes. Um, I think eventually he'll win the belts. It's just a matter of when and not if. Okay, I think so too, but but but, but I'm, I'm asking you though that I think the reason why he also didn't win at WrestleMania or go over is the, is the, the marks would say is because I don't think that people see him in that light that they need to see him in in order for them to put the belt on him at this. I time. thought it was a good. Honestly, I thought it was a good call that they had Cody lost just because. It would if they had a win one in my opinion, like just my opinion, one it thought it probably would have been predictable, and two like it would be total instant gratification. And I'll take long term storytelling over instant gratification. Next year is the headline both nights of WrestleMania, and wow. nobody's ever done that. You don't derail something that is that is so strong with this bloodline thing despite what you're saying about the reaction that cody got i don't see him as a main event guy i just don't and i love him and i loved his dad i love his brother i grew up with dusty Rhodes. did want to see cody win cody Rhodes is almost as gets as much babyface reactions as john cena a lot of kids really love cody there's still gas in the tank with the bloodline story with Roman as champ, they love their milestone manias. Every mania that's ended in a zero has ended with a big baby face victory. Thinking 40 is when they're thinking, uh, whether it be Cody, it's probably going to be Cody, but who knows? It might be somebody else may rise up. Maybe it'll be Sammy. But uh, I, I, but I think you're right. I think that we have not seen this is going to go on for another year. Like this is going to continue 